Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. Well, good Sunday morning uh, for those of you who are here with us at Edify. I want to address something and I wanted to release it today, not necessarily a few days ago on Thursday, but I want to release it today uh, because I want it to be for the preacher, uh, for the elder, uh, for the member, and I want to bring to your attention some things that we may need to know about the church that we're fixing to preach uh, to or lead in song or try to minister to in some kind of way uh, or shepherd. In the average gathering of God's people on a Sunday morning, there are at least uh, five different types of people that you're going to be looking at, uh, spiritually speaking. Uh, And and you want to have in mind uh, who these five are when you're preaching, when you're teaching, especially when you're preparing to preach. So if you didn't do it this week, (laughs) make sure you do it next week. But as a a teacher or a preacher, as, um, as an elder, or just as one of those encouraging members, I want to go through um, the five types of, of congregants that are going to be there uh, today uh, as you worship God. And so when you're preaching, when you're teaching, there's always a danger of narrowing your comments and your exhortation to only one or two groups of people as though it's lost and it's saved. And that should never be the case. I understand that there is two categories, lost and saved. I get that. Um, but I, I would urge you, if you want to be an effective minister for Jesus, not just as a preacher, but as a minister, seek as much as possible to speak or to be able to cater to, um, minister to, serve all five of these groups because here, here are some of their basic needs. Number one, you have mature spiritual believers. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3 and 1, Hebrews 5 and verse 14 These are the folks that can handle and they need insights into the Word that are are meatier. That's that's a Bible word. There's more solid food, Hebrews 5, 12 and verse 14, that that when than what other, let's just say, younger believers need or can eat, uh, they need more than just elementary principles uh, or what we might consider just, quote, the basics of Christianity. They want to learn... These are the folks that want to learn things that, that they have not seen on their own. And, and if they don't, they're going to grow weak with milk um, and week after week. And, and that is what is happening in some churches today. There's preachers who are aiming their messages at the unchurched and at the new believer. Uh, and many mature believers are leaving every Sunday malnourished. So we have to keep that group in mind. Number two is the struggling or the hurting. Uh, and probably... Uh, struggling and hurting, I would say, believer, uh, somebody who's there seeking God, uh, a God-fear, maybe it's a Bible term, and these can be young in the faith or old in the faith, or these are people who have no faith. The world has been hard on people, and the effects of sin have taken a toll on this world, and their hearts are broken, their relationships are over, they've ended, uh, they've worried about finding work, their finances, their wayward kids, whatever it is. Seek to encourage them that they need, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, they need exhortation and consolation. It's rightly been said, preach to the hurting and you will always have a congregation. Why, why is that true? Because we hurt. 
We really do. So mature believers, struggling or hurting believers. Uh, number three, immature, uh, what we might consider, what, what the Bible calls, 1 Corinthians 3 and 1, babes in Christ. These are immature believers, and they need to grow in their understanding of, of the basic elementary doctrines um, of the faith, or if you want to put it in a singular note, uh, doctrine uh, of the faith, uh, but different teachings of the faith. And so make sure to explain some of, the, some of those things um, when it's appropriate. Uh, some of the old saints may, may grumble. <laughs> you know, we already know all this. But if you teach the basics in an, in an interesting way with fresh illustrations or quotes you haven't used before, uh, they shouldn't mind hearing them again. Second uh, Peter, uh, over and over, he says, I, I'm here to, by way of word, remind you. And um, obviously we're not in the business of reminding every week, um, but, but reminding people and reminding babes and bringing up babes, that's a part of it. So mature believers hurting believers, immature believers. And then there's this fourth one, carnal believers, and they're still fleshly, and these are still our brethren. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3 and 3. And of course, I am speaking to those who have been baptized by faith into Christ, obviously. Uh, the carnal need for these folks, this needs to be challenged. Uh, this, this needs to be challenged in a way that they will want to abandon uh, the areas of compromise of sin, uh, and that they need to live their lives wholeheartedly for the Lord. There, there's no doubt about it. We, we don't have a hard time uh, preaching against sin. Most of us do not, I trust. Uh, and so I won't say as much for that one because you already know. And then the fifth group is your non-believers. Non-believers need to be given the gospel, Romans 15, 1, 15, 16. Uh, they need to be told that they need to repent um, they need to uh, trust in the work of Christ, in his uh, perfect keeping of the old law, in his sacrifice that I needed before God, um, trust in the work of God, Colossians 2, in my baptism, that when I by faith step into those waters and come up new and restored, um, they need to know that there is a, a death to life situation. Uh, they need to be warned about a coming judgment, Acts 24, 25, and, and the eternal consequences of refusing God's offer of salvation. If you refuse it, here, here is what you have. And, um, and sometimes you need to be very blunt. And then there's times where you need to be um, very compassionate um, because it could be cognitive dissonance where they've heard this the first time and they don't know this to be true and so they reject it. Uh, we all can do the same thing with that. But these are people who are the non-believers. They're there because they chose to be that day. Why don't you thank them for being there in the auditorium, uh, in, in the foyer, uh, after, before, amen. And, um, but, but you need to know that this is a part of the group. And so if you're teaching a, you know, a, a small group um, or a Bible class and you're confident that, that everybody is saved, uh, then, give, then giving a detailed explanation of the gospel every single week is not necessary. In fact, it can be redundant. And there are some folks who say, oh, there's no such thing. Well, it, there is. Um, it's like the preacher who his elders got onto him. Week after week, he kept preaching on baptism, baptism, baptism. And, and it was like ridiculous. And they told him, they said, listen, you, you, you've preached on baptism enough. And, and he says, uh, okay. 
He said, but it's commanded. They said, yeah, but there's a lot of other things in the Bible besides baptism. So let's, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's grow a little bit. And uh, they said, we'll tell you what, why don't you start in Genesis? And uh, just pick your chapter and preach in Genesis. He says, okay. And so he goes to Genesis chapter 6, and he brings up the sin, and he brings up the flood, and he is teaching and preaching these things. He says, and which that brings me to my subject of the lesson, which is baptism. <laughs> and so um, you're, you're killing people's ears. Uh, you're searing their conscience when you ignorantly um, go over the same thing every single week as though that everybody in the room is ignorant. It does a disservice. Uh, let's, let's grow. Let's grow. Uh, our invitations are man-made, and they are traditions at the end of every sermon. And uh, they're great traditions. They are. Uh, but, but our traditions um, can be and uh, perhaps should be altered uh, in some way, sometime, to make it more relevant to the text that you're preaching. Uh, if you're preaching on something about uh, uh, sin, you know, offer hope, sure. Um, you don't have to take people to baptism every time. Uh, take them to Jesus. Point people to Jesus. Um, but if there is somebody new there, and you know specifically that there's somebody is new there, and you're unsure of his or her spiritual condition, make sure to share the gospel with them. Um, and Because they may never hear it again. And, and here's the thing. Your sermon may not allow... Uh, your context of preaching and flowing as you're dec declarating the, the, the gospel of Jesus uh, or your exposition, uh, exposition of a passage or whatever it is, um, have, a, have a small conversation with that person afterward. Uh, are, are you a Christian? Are you a believer? Or tell me about yourself. And, you know, make sure you get a hold of them um, before they leave. And so um, I, wanted to, um, I wanted to share that. Uh, with you today. I wanted you to consider your crowd, consider your audience, that you've got mature believers, struggling, hurting believers, um, you've got the immature, you've got the carnal, uh, and then you have the non-believer. And we need to take those things into account. We need to pay attention to those things. And, um, and so I wanted to give you that little, uh, little devotional this morning, that little thought. Uh, as you consider people in the crowd, um, you, you want to consider those things. Anyway, well, God be with you in your preaching, in your teaching, in your serving, and um, let's, let's know our people and let's know our crowds to the best of our ability. God be with you in your preaching.